Welcome to Feeding Frenzy, a podcast brought to you by the Breastfeeding Resource Center. The BRC is a nonprofit organization in Abington, Pennsylvania. We're here to provide support on various parenting topics to help you get through the roller coaster ride of parenting. I'm your host, Colette Acker. Let's take this journey together. Welcome to the BRC's Feeding Frenzy podcast, where it's not all about feeding. We cover various new parent topics, and today we'd like to welcome Louisa Brandenberger. Now, Louisa is one of our lactation consultants in our office, and three years ago, she became a certified holistic sleep coach. She teaches a monthly virtual class and has individual consultations also. She's here with us today so we can learn a little more about infant sleep. Welcome, Louisa. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So what got you interested in learning about infant sleep? Um, I would probably say just through working with families. Uh, we, we always get the question is, how do I know my baby's getting enough? That's probably the number one question we get. And I think, honestly, number two is, when is my baby going to sleep? Yep. Like newborns. Two, three, two-day-old babies. When is my baby going to sleep? Well, we're exhausted. Yeah. Of course, that's yeah. a big question. And everyone asks, what, is your baby sleeping? And you're like, who's six days old no like yeah but no yeah I used to tell parents um yeah just tell everybody he's sleeping like a baby because that means he's not sleeping and but it answers the question much better exactly so how is this holistic sleep coaching method that you chose differ from others Uh, one of the things I loved about this program was they're really uh teaching families how to get their babies to sleep appropriately, appropriate amount of times without using the cry it out method. As a mom, it was not something that I just, I just couldn't do. I couldn't allow my baby to just sit there um, and cry. Years ago, you actually came back from a seminar and said someone had said cry it out is like learned helplessness. So babies are learning to just give up and no one's going to come get them. And I think that is just the saddest thing I've ever heard. Um, there's been studies that have shown, you know, parents who are more attentive um, and, you know, talk about this attachment parenting and it has like a bad connotation to it. But there's been studies that show parents who are um, attentive to their babies actually and children and toddlers actually become more independent because they yep. know their parents always going to be there. The parent who's not coming and even at four, six, eight, ten months old, what they're learning is someone's not going to be there. So as they get older there's like this mistrust between the parent and the child. And so they're like, but are they going to be there? Because there's this inconsistency. Right, right. Which is so sad when you think of it that way. And I know parents do the sleep it out and it works for them and they're okay with it. It just hurt me to the core to hear my child crying. So um, I like that idea. So what are the age ranges that you work with? Well, the two classes that we do, or we do one class, excuse me, it is a uh, zero to four month or prenatal to four month uh, virtual class. Um, and that is for families to just kind of learn some some basics of what to expect. I think that's one of the biggest things we need to teach families is what is appropriate sleep? 
I know, you know, we talk about it all the time. Social media has really just exploded and sleep consultants and sleep coaches and they're huge. There are sleep consultants who have millions of followers and their names come up on our consults all the time. Um, and I think some of them have some really great information. Um, but I want to teach parents early on, like, here's a few, here's some things that you can do to make sleep better now. And it's going to go on into when they get older. Right. To eliminate that need for yeah. them to be screaming later. So like what, what is one of the tricks you do in the early months? I think layering uh, some sleep cues or just some simple things. You know, people talk about, you know, a bedtime routine, which is great. And having, you know, we, we do a bath, we sing a song, we nurse, we go to sleep. And they're great. But there's other things that you can kind of add on to that when you're nursing, doing some patting and shushing while you're nursing. Having, you know, um, if you're into essential oils or even just like a lotion that has like a smell that you're putting on your baby, they start connecting, you know, the patting and the shushing with sleep. And they're going to connect the smell with the sleep. Um, yeah, because I, you know, you always hear that, don't let your baby fall asleep at the breast. Right. Which at, that is like one of the most wonderful parts of breastfeeding yeah, is yeah. like, oh, the sweetest thing. They're lulling themselves to sleep and you're like, yes, the baby's asleep. This is right. great. Why would I interrupt that? So, right. And so talking with parents on all these different things they can do when you have this routine of some sort going and happening as they get older, you just have more. So if you say, for instance, you know, the lactating parent needs to go to a meeting and their partner needs to put the baby to bed. And this is like a three-month-old, four-month-old, whatever. However old, this baby is not so totally connected to only nursing to sleep. So if, if you're nursing and you're doing a pat and a shush and you're singing a song and the smell in the house and whatever, these are in the room. These are the things that babies are connecting to sleep. So we can sometimes insert the bottle feed instead of the breastfeed because there are definitely some children who just absolutely cannot go to sleep without nursing right um, and i think the early weeks and months like we're really not leaving our babies um but having the ability especially as they get older we just start pulling those things away so if you're nursing and patting and shushing as they get older you nurse and you pat and you pull away the shush and so what happens is when they're being fed a bottle someone can feed a bottle and pat them instead and or shush you know the, right there's two things connected it's not just just oh the gosh, one i have to breastfeed to fall asleep right that makes so much sense just to have several different things that you turn to um and so what's the difference between the virtual class and maybe the need for an individual consult consultation so the individual consultations um are definitely more in depth the, the classes is a more just looking at some basics, what's appropriate sleep, some of these layering techniques, things, you know, why, things that just uh, can help a broad range. And that's where, again, going back to social media, you know, people are on there and they're like, I can get your baby to sleep for 12 hours. Well, all babies are different. And so to, to just make that blanket statement, I think is just, I'm just, I'm not cool with it because I think we're getting parents, one, it's not appropriate for right. a baby to sleep for 12 hours. You know, we talk, you know, about one of the great things about the class was that I took was about they did a lot of research and it's a lot of research based. And the one thing that like has always stuck with me is I don't remember exactly the, I could, the research paper, but it was 86 percent of all babies 
these are breast or bottle fed babies are waking at least once a night between six and 12 months. Right. And I think telling a parent with a five week old, six week old, seven week old baby that this is normal, it's just less pressure on them because they are on social media and they're scrolling and they're saying, your baby should sleep 12 hours. And, and I'm just like, well, no, they shouldn't. I don't sleep 12 hours. Right. I wish I could, but Me I don't. Too. Um, and so these individual, um, consultations are um we have parents do like a three or four day sleep log um and so we're looking at when they're feeding when they're sleeping when they're napping um, we're really digging in specifically to this baby and this is typically six months and up four to six months i, I don't do a whole lot because i think there's just other things happening developmentally with babies and it, you're just fighting a fight that you can't win right. sleep sometimes for some babies is really poor in those those few months and some of them can be sleeping very well at two to three months and then at four months it all goes down right. <laughs> exactly and so i just try to support families who who hit that like system these are some of the things you can do to get through this and then hey we'll talk again um when we get to six months and so i would say six months to maybe 18 months is about where maybe a two-year-old here and there but usually the younger than two is what i'm doing one-on-one it's very specific um like i said they're taking a log we're looking at everything we're looking at their diet how they're being fed either breast or bottle what the bedtime routine is um how long it takes them to fall asleep like we don't think of sleep latency as a concern but if your baby you know falls asleep like boom that that baby is probably going to wake up faster. Like we, I mm. remember when my kids were little, my mom would say, I kept the kids up really late. Aww. So they'll sleep late. I'm like, oh, mom, it never works. But thank you. Like she yeah. always thought it was, that would help. And, we, and the studies have shown, you know, or people who are putting their babies on a, a schedule and saying like, well, it's eight o'clock. You got to go to bed. Right. And if they're not ready for bed, it's taking them 30, 40 minutes. And, and what are you doing as a parent? You're just like annoyed and frustrated because the child's not falling asleep. But, just looking at that alone, we can really, and naps, I think so much. Yes, I often hear you talk about the importance of the naps. Yeah, when we do these uh, one-on-ones, when I've done them, I would say more than 50, 60%, they're, they're not great nappers. And their poor naps during the day is totally leading. Which people, I think, do think opposite. Like, my baby doesn't sleep all day, so they'll sleep all night. It just doesn't work that way. It has a lot to do with some hormones and cortisol and all kinds of things that are going on in this baby. And they're like crashing at 730. And you're like, this is awesome. But then they're up at nine o'clock. Yeah. Ready to go. That was a great nap. Power nap. Yeah. (laughs) And you're as a parent, you're like, oh, gosh, this is horrible. So looking, it's just a very deep dive into what is going on. It's about an hour to an hour and a half. It can either be done virtually um, or or here in the office. Um, that initial, and then usually they'll do two or three, um, again, they can be virtual or in person where we just kind of check back in. So I write a plan, uh, for each family. Like these are some things we want to try to do some strategies, um, like for naps and for bedtime and just kind of tweaking things to see if we can get this baby to sleep. The key is more appropriately. Um, because again, remember babies wake up in the middle of the night right. and it's fairly normal. You're not, not making this perfect promise of right. you're going to right. sleep 10 I'm not hours straight. Waking six times a night. We gotta have a talk. Yeah. If they're waking once, I'm like, sorry, that's really normal. Yeah. Um, and I like the idea of the, the log of yeah. wake time, sleep time, food, what are you eating and all that kind of good yeah. stuff. It really gives you a good picture, which 
you know, any any time you're supposed to keep a log, you know how well that goes. Right. Uh, so hard. this it's probably hard. forces you if you're doing yep. one of these consultations to get and that it does down. Come into and we often there is some crossover if they're breastfeeding. They're definitely in our lactation consultations. There's definitely a little sleep stuff coming in there when I have you know a 16 month old who's looking to wean at night. I'm like. This is definitely my sleep stuff kind of creeps in there too, but it comes back with the lactation too. Like sometimes we'll do a visit with a family, like let's see what, what kind of, just knowing what kind of gain there is. You know, we have a baby who's gaining ridiculously high and waking six times a night. We can go, well, it's probably not a food need. Right. But if we have a baby who's not gaining well, not eating well, things are going on, that can impact sleep. It's, it's Sleep and food are often like very connected for people. Like they think if they give their baby a lot of food, they'll sleep really long. Um, and it just doesn't work that way. But the other way around is if your baby's not getting enough food, they will wake up. Yeah. It's, it's not mutually exclusive to flip it. Right, right. And so knowing how the baby's being fed and if you know they're growing appropriately and gaining appropriately, it, it can be just a changeover. So there's, there's just a different change. We see such a difference between... Uh, what's happening and what should be happening when it comes to food and or breastfeeding or solids too. I mean, there's so many babies who aren't taking solids and we can start adding some more solids into their diet um, and getting them just a, a, a better better feeds during the day. So there's a lot of crossover between right. lactation and sleep. Yeah. Well, you know, and it just, it's the same as lactation. There are no cookie cutter answers. Mm -hmm. It's very individual. Just like I say to people, I can't tell you what your labor is going to be like. I can't tell you what your breastfeeding experience is going to be like. Right. And we can't tell what type of little human being you're going to yeah. have and how their sleep cycle is. So I, I love the idea of, you know, setting up some strategies in the beginning. Um, so this whole holistic sleep coach thing, what was the training like? It was way longer and more work than I ever anticipated. Um, I started in uh, March three years ago, and I think I finally ended. It was almost December. There was a little hiccup in the middle of my training that kind of pushed some of it off, but I got it done. Um, it, is, uh, it is from England, and so it's like master's level work. Um, if I was in England, it would have been a, a lot of credits. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which, which, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so it was a weekly either, uh, usually they were live and they were all different, um, uh, from psychologists to sleep experts. The woman who started the group or who started this class and this training is a lactation consultant. Um, and she is supported by, uh, you know, um, trying to, oh goodness. I think what is his name? There was there's a couple like famous people. Jim James. Yes, him. That guy. Yeah. James. Why can we think? Why of can't people? we think? Because know. we're both in menopause. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> McKenna. Yes, James McKenna was there. He did. Um, <laughs> and what's really interesting, and it's unfortunate, my time. You know, we're we're kind of busy a lot um, here, and it is England to United States. So sometimes they do continuing. It's been three years. I can go back. They've had multiple multiple additional continuing education oh that's great which is great the program uh it's not like you're here's your your certificate see you later um they have a group on facebook that we can use um that we can talk to other people and be like hey what did you guys see here what's going on and we can really get a lot of information uh, from other consultants um i don't know right now but i would say within like six months to a year ago there was two or three of us 
uh, in the United States that were holistic sleep coaches. There, to the best of my knowledge, there's no one else around here. I think the closest might be DC. Wow. Yeah. So it's a program that it's it's starting to to gain a little bit of momentum because I think people are just so sick of you know, these cookie cutter and, you know, we, we see them and I, I try in consults to be really respectful of families who are like, oh, she's not, you know, doing her awake windows. I'm like, she's three weeks old. Yeah. And I had moms crying. Yeah. Like she's not sleeping. I'm like, she's three weeks old. Don't worry about awake windows. I think there's one specific program that really talks about uh, awake windows, which I think are, are, are important. And again, like being respectful of other other programs, I think they all have their own merit. But anything that tells me, I mean, I, I wouldn't go to a gym that says, Louisa, you do this, you'll lose 20 pounds. Because they, they just don't know my body because my body <laughs> can't lose 20 pounds, okay? It's just not happening. Um, and so when we're saying this to families, like do A, B, and C, and your baby will sleep, I think it's just it's just false advertisement families are feeling like they have failed. And I just, mm-hmm. I think there's enough pressure on families with breastfeeding, with feeding, with going to work and being a good parent and keeping your house clean and doing all these things and being that perfect parent that is portrayed on social media. This is just another level of just like beating up on a parent, just yeah. making them feel like they've done a poor job. So when their kid is normal yeah, in every way. Yeah. And so yeah. that's my big thing is I really want parents to know like, what to expect out of their baby at certain ages and, and what is what is the the norms. Right. And I think knowing awake windows, there's nothing wrong with knowing an awake window, knowing like what's the appropriate amount of time this baby should be awake. Should be awake. Feedings. But it can't be like, well, it's been an hour and a half or it's it's two hours and the baby is falling asleep in an hour and a half. And, and like common sense would tell you, like, don't try to keep that baby awake, but people are doing that. Yeah. Because they're thinking it's going to lead to better sleep. And I'm like, it just and I, I my bad. line to families is there's only two periods in your life where you get to sleep when you want and eat when you want and that's newborn yeah. and retirement yeah and there's yeah. a lot of time in between where you're not allowed let yeah. let them have it right right <laughs> and I just it's so it's just so overwhelming to a baby to be like you just there I you know what I say a lot is um babies aren't robots I say that all the time to families. Like, they're not all the same. Some babies, I I can look at my own children. My first, like, needed to be nursed to sleep every time. It was just the only way we'd do it. He's going to be 25 next month. He doesn't nurse to sleep anymore. He's fine. And then my last one was I could not nurse him and then put him in his crib asleep because he would wake right up. I had to take him, put him in his crib, and he would sit and talk to himself. And, you know, as a toddler, he was, like, playing with his little Lego guys. Now, as a... As an 18-year-old, you know, he listens to music before he falls asleep. He's not that cuddle bug of a kid who's, like, barely hugging. He's 18. There's that problem, too. (laughs) But he's just, like, half a hug. Like, he's not the cuddly kid. And that's another thing we look at. Like, we think, like, swaddling a baby is the best way. I would go crazy if you swaddled me. And other people love, like, my husband and my daughter love their weighted blanket. Ugh. That sounds horrible to me. <laughs> but we have to look at babies. And some babies are cuddle bugs and some babies are not. Yes. And some babies like to be touched and some babies don't like to be touched. And so when you say you should do X, Y, and Z to your baby, we have to look at the baby. Yep, absolutely. Not the book. <laughs> it's telling you this. 
Well, that's awesome. Um, thanks so much for coming. The other thing is we'll have Louisa back one day because she's not only a certified holistic sleep coach, but also a tummy time certified, which um, goes along with lactation too. Um, so that's it for today. Thanks for coming, Louisa. Thank you. This is Colette, and thanks for listening to Feeding Frenzy. Thanks for listening to the Feeding Frenzy. The BRC is a nonprofit organization committed to providing expert clinical and educational breastfeeding services. Find out more about us at breastfeedingresourcecenter.org.